My name is Owen Walsh, and this is the Brussels Beer City Podcast. Each week, a fascinating Brussels resident invites me, your host, to their favorite Brussels bar, where, over a drink or two, we talk about the importance of the bar to our guest, their relationship to Brussels, what they love, what they hate, and why they couldn't live anywhere else. My guest on today's episode is Joost van Castela. Joost is a hard man to pin down, as you'll hear. A comedian, a writer, playwright, activist, and now a video game developer, Joost takes me to his safe space in Anderlecht. Over a coffee and a creek, we have a freewheeling conversation that touches on being a radical softie, Brussels as a masculine city, and why it's like Los Angeles, by way of QAnon, William Gibson, and J.G. Ballard. Yost's latest project, The Almost Gone, a puzzle video game, is available now on Steam, Nintendo Switch, and on the Google and Apple app stores. Yost, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> um, first question we always ask guests is, where are we? Well, this is called the Bellevue. Uh, that's French for uh, Bellevue, uh, for a <laughs> nice sight. I think mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know if it talks about it itself as the inside or, or uh, what you get to see outside. Um, well, the reason we picked this bar, brasserie, place to be, is we just moved here. You know, okay, we, we just moved here in. The, this is Anderlecht. This is the. Paul Jason Rue. And uh, this is really another world for me. Okay. I, I, I've been living in Brussels for 20 years yeah. now. I've moved a lot of times in Brussels, but mm-hmm. inside Brussels mostly. Uh, I, I lived uh, close to Rougier. I, I also lived uh, at, uh, behind the, the, the federal parliament. I lived in crappy places. I lived in, <laughs> in, in, in the most amazing parts of Brussels. Yeah. And this is the first time uh, I live and I own something. We own a house now for the first time. Like it's going back to my roots. I, I come okay. from I come from way, way, way at the western part of, of Belgium. Mm-hmm. You're from so, Bruges, is that right? No, no. Okay. Th- that's always a test. <laughs> you, you, you read my Wikipedia page, and I read more than that. I read your and website. That's too, mis- maybe I and that's my and that's a mistake. And I keep the mistake. <laughs> to check people if they do their research. Mm-hmm. And if people make the mistake, you come from Bruges, like it says on Wikipedia, I know, nah, I read more. Th- I read more than Wikipedia. It's too late, okay. man. Too late. You just made my lazy list. Um, so anyway, so, so it kind of feels like being back home. Mm-hmm. And a place like this, you have a lot of retirees here and, and some, some cool kids. And you can eat good stuff here, but also they leave you alone. Okay. And that's something I come to appreciate in bars. Yeah. Leave me alone. If I'm here to work, if I'm here to write, if look at us. We're, you set up some high-tech high <laughs> studio right in the middle of the bar, and nobody's complaining. If you do this in the center, they're going to go, ah, mm. please don't, because uh, our, we uh, are... are, are our commercial activities can conclude. Blah blah blah. Yep. I like this place because it's quiet, mm-hmm. except of the Boney M <laughs> track. And, uh, <laughs> I love some good Boney M uh, mm-hmm. in the background. And also, I'm getting to 
this is close by to my house and I'm getting to know the, the neighborhood. Yeah. And this feels like uh, an embassy in okay. my neighborhood, a safe space <laughs> for people like me <laughs> and to go out in the world of Anderlecht and to come back safely yeah. and get some food and some drinks and go back home. So you said you've lived lots of different places in Brussels. Why Anderlecht and why now? What, what, what drew you guys well, out here? Uh, first of all, it's a, it's a money issue. Like always, it's always a money issue. <laughs> I, I see in Brussels change a lot, you know, yeah. a, a couple of par- apartments ago, I lived in a, in a neighborhood where uh, a lot of prostitution was okay. there mm-hmm. and uh, mostly um, how it, uh, trans prostitution. Okay. So at that time I had a car, I had a car with uh, some baby seat at the back mm-hmm. and I, I had to park close by always. <laughs> so they always saw a guy, a middle-aged guy <laughs> with a baby seat uh, in the rear seat. They're like, oh, a customer. So I had to come up with this kind of sign language to say to trans prostitutes, please, I'm not interested. I don't know how, but they got the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and now if I go back to the same neighborhood, just uh, walking around, just looking at the sights, <laughs> it's completely changed. It's, 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 uh, I'm not talking about gentrification. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about real, expensive, uh, uh, gated communities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and for, for somebody like me or my girlfriend or, or my family, we cannot com- uh, afford and, and it's a luxury. I, we have a garden now. And if you have two kids, a garden is, is a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, it, it's the only thing that, that stands between you and suicide, a garden. <laughs> and uh, so uh, we had to choose a garden or just, just <laughs> noise-canceling headphones. Yeah. And the option was never to move out of the city then? You never no. thought maybe moving back, no. not to Bruges, obviously, but no. closer to home or no, somewhere No, I wouldn't know why. Also, I got this. I get a lot of inspiration out of Brussels. A lot yeah. of my books are Brussels inspired. But also, I'm 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 a man of extremes. Okay. So, if I have to move out of Brussels, I just want the total opposite of it. So then, Atlantis or something, <coughs> or, or, or you know, way up in a mountain with no cable or whatsoever. So if I'm if there's no alternative, I don't want like a B version of Brussels. I don't want to go uh, to Aalst or Vilvoorde, just saying, or mm-hmm. Kukkelberg, and, 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 and be at a B version. Like, it's almost Brussels. It's a bit like the big city. So I choose for the original or yeah. something completely different. Okay. And also, you know, what my, my work is here. The work yeah. of my, my girlfriend is here. My The school of my son is here. And also, I don't want to... I don't, I don't want to quit this place, not because I love it. I don't love Brussels. I, I, you know, Brussels proves to me every day they don't like me. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to be like a coward. I get a lot of inspiration out of the aggression. Yeah, that hangs we'll, we'll get on and we'll talk to that and talk about that in a little while. Because okay, then I'll shut up. No, then. no, no, because I know um, for one of your more recent books, that was a big um, <laughs> inspiration. Uh, well, I don't know. What, you know, I don't want to let them win. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, mo- it, it's almost a, like a principle question. Yeah. I don't want these people to force me out. I don't want to be the guy that says, "All right, I surrender. Yeah. You won." I want to be on the winning side. Mm-hmm. The, I want to be a radical softy, and and the radical softies <laughs> will prevail one day. Contrarians will inherit Brussels eventually. You know, eventually, yeah. Eventually, people are going to get sick of violence. Uh, mm. In a couple of de- yeah. decennium, 
But then, uh, then it's gonna be weird. First, <laughs> now it's dangerous, and now, and then it's gonna get weird. And then I want to see the weird face. Do you ever think it's gonna lose that danger? You know, you've lived here for 20 years. You yeah. must have seen an enormous amount of change, even just well, it, in it, those it years. Well, it moved. It just, you know, there used to be dangerous locations, and you saw the the little details. Yeah. Like uh, if if a lamppost is broken. And you see the rock lying on the ground. You know, drug dealers, eh, they, they smashed so they can do mm-hmm. their business in the dark. Um, and then uh, they, they put up new lampposts with a, a kind of framework so you cannot break it. All right, the drugs just move two streets uh, away. So, yeah, it's always going to be dangerous. And I, I feel like... Let, let's let look at the city center of Brussels itself. They want to be this kind of touristic... Uh, Walhalla, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 the most telling, the most telling proof of this is how they uh, you have Winterpret, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the Christmas market, Christ, uh, Christmas market, and that's in the center. We we love to have it at Christmas, and then you have in the summer, uh, you have the uh, uh, the fun fair. Mm-hmm. We cannot have this. It's as large as the Christmas market, but still. No, no, we gotta move that eh, on the <laughs> outskirts or even further. Even further, yeah. And 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 so and you feel like what they're doing in the city city of Brussels, eh, they they adapt this design against crime initiative mm-hmm. and like how they how, how they pave the streets. It's impossible to have a skateboard on it because it's not even enough. Yeah. Eh? And you have these benches with this uh, stuff in the middle, so you cannot lay down on it. And, and we don't have trees anymore because trees attract garbage. So you see this whole city center is based around the idea of let's, let's move it out. But with, with moving the so-called crime out, you also move the families out because yeah. it becomes too expensive to live in the city center. If the city center becomes like this city de large part, XL, yeah, and 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 the whole idea is now we have a shopping center the size of Brussels, mm-hmm. and then we so I've everybody seen else that, lives outside. Yeah. So I've yeah. seen that change, and of course the danger just moved out. Mm-hmm. But it's never going to be safe here because there's still I, I I consider Brussels as a very masculine city. Okay, you know to be it's very important how. Do how do you present yourself on the street? Yeah, eh? we we we're too many people, too few houses, not enough space to breathe, not enough place to move. Hey, eh? you, you told it yourself. You come here with a bicycle, and even with a bicycle, you can't get through. Yeah, because we're too much. It's too much pressure, too ten, too dense. And 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 because of that, how you present yourself outside becomes very very important and stays important and. Being outside means you cannot show yourself as vulnerable, mm-hmm. and as long you can, as as long you uh, you cannot show weakness, it's going to be a dangerous place because weakness is frowned upon. Yeah, and 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 that's not going to change for a long time. And do you think that's? I mean, I know you've been quite active in the movements around um, air quality and making the city more friendly for families and for children and for cyclists and all of that. A big part of that I always find as a cyclist in the city is that aggression on the streets, you know. It's every day it's sharp elbows. Do you think that's where that aggression is coming from? You know, that sort it's of about territory. Yeah. People and that's not gonna change and that's also a political question. People 
feel that something is taken away from them. Mm-hmm. I, uh, traffic, car traffic, uh, I, I consider it as water. It always finds a way. Uh, for example, I, I lived in the streets and people just parked over there. So they, they put up these, 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 these poles yep. or, or these concrete, uh, concrete stuff to, uh, to, uh, to, to push away the cars parking. So what the, do cars do? They just park between the concrete things. So people feel like it becomes their territory, like they have to defend their territory. So it's not the aggression comes from, I don't want to give something away i don't want to and as long as we consider our territory our square meters as something we have to defend from somebody else it's never going to change yeah and the one of the problem with brussels is we all live in an online bubble and yeah. we all live and and we if we go online we only hear and read and see stuff that acknowledge us or or, or tell us that we're right so Communication outside with billboards and stickers becomes very, very important. And Brussels doesn't seem to get that stuff. So what they do, they they put up billboards and and posters like they're talking to children. Mm -hmm. It's always like, it's a bit funny. And like, please, eh, please don't forget your ticket for the metro because otherwise you're going to get eaten by a lion. Or please don't... uh, don't throw away your trash because oh, the trash has feelings also. So it's always cutesy. Mm-hmm. But people who do that stuff, the okay. most aggressive, don't respond to cutesy. They respond to shame. So as long as we don't change our communication with mm-hmm. the worst of us, it's never going to change. If we stop, if we still think, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna be nice to the most aggressive people. If we're gonna be gentle and cutesy and funny they're gonna change no so (laughs) that's why i believe in making not making them angry Mm -hmm. but making them disorientated yeah and and that's something i uh i promote so so if if you say i'm a bit active in all this stuff i'm not as active as i could be yeah but i'll I, i try to think of ideas to give and, 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 you know, everybody has their quality. And I know I have a little bit of fantasy and a lot of free time. <laughs> so uh, I can get some ideas, some yeah. funny ideas. So how do you disorientate people then? Oh, one of the things, one of the examples that it's been also been uh, uh, developed is like these 3D zebra crossing, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, or or, or <coughs> other stuff of yeah, people who drive around in bicycles as big as, as, as cars. Yeah. Or or, or uh, to put on billboards, uh, like like uh, you have on the if you go on the subway, you have these gates, and if you press on the button, the gate just opens with a loud siren. Mm-hmm. And now every time you go on the subway, there's a loud siren. Not because they the idea. Oh my God! I put. A, they love yeah, the of sound of the siren. So change the siren. Make the siren go like something about their mother or something or, or, or make them small. There's this group in Russia yeah. uh, uh, who puts up stickers on cars of assholes. And sometimes you see also stickers being uh, put on uh, cars who double parked, but it's always too polite. Mm-hmm. So we need, to, we, meet, we need to have stickers who shame the people really inside the car. So I'm really experimenting and thinking about the idea and the policy of shame. And I, I know I kind of sound like somebody from Iran or something, but 
if we're really honest, what makes an impression? And being cutesy doesn't make an impression. Mm -hmm. Being angry doesn't make an impression because if you're angry, the other guy is just more angrier. So, so, but being disoriented or being shamed, now that's something yeah. we can work with. When you're not putting all of your creative energies into confusing Brussels uh, people, um, you are, amongst other things, a writer, a theatre scenarist, a comedian, columnist in the past. Um, we talked a little bit about how Brussels inspires your work. How does it? Like, what, what, is, what does living in the dense, angry, aggressive city, how does that feed into your work? Well, the most important inspiration of Brussels is, you know, I'm a sci-fi geek. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I grew up as a teenager, not in Bruges, but somewhere else. <laughs> Are uh, you going to tell me or not? No. <laughs> uh, no. No. We all need uh, our secrets. <laughs> Sarah Christopher walking out. No. <laughs> in my head, I sound mm -hmm. like Christopher Walken. So when I grew up in non-disclosed area of Belgium... Um, I used to watch these stuff like Blade Runner mm -hmm. or Akira or, 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 or Ghost in the Shell, stuff like that, Mad Max. Yep. So I saw the future. It was dystopian or futuristic or glamorous. And then I realized I'm, 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 I'm drawn into big cities. Yep. And being in Brussels is living in the future, but not a clean future, not a Star Trek future. So... I believe that if I want to understand the future, I mm -hmm. need to be where the future is happening. And now the future is happening, and not in a good way. Mm -hmm. This is like William Gibson once said, the future is already here, but it's not distributed evenly. Yeah. And that's really the case in Brussels. Mm -hmm. We live in the future. We are, <laughs> you know, it, it's about details. If I go to places like Hong Kong, and I, I walk around there, there's some little details that... Yeah, in Hong Kong or in Tokyo, you have these vending machines that can give at the s in the same vending machine really cold water and really hot coffee from the same vending <laughs> machine. And that's this little detail. And also, something the details of Brussels also inspire me. If we talk about how traffic or people uh, 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 works, mm -hmm. there's this kind of tribalism yeah. in Brussels. And that inspires me. That It's something <coughs> J.C. Ballard once said, how technological advanced humanity will become, how primitive humans themselves will become. Okay. And that's so, so clear in a city like Brussels. We become more and more primitive because we feel like the future is happening, but not for us. Mm -hmm. hey, if you have marketing or advertising on these, uh, on these moving, moving billboards now, and people respond to it like people respond on the Google Glasses in Seattle. They want to break it. They want to break something new. Mm -hmm. And that's, for me, the conclusion of the future. The future will come broken. Yeah. It will not become clean. It will not become evenly. It will become a broken future. And that's something, you know, I'm inspired by the humans who have to live in an unhuman environment. Yeah. And that's Brussels. And do you feel a tension between your Flemish roots, let's say, and your probably self-identification as a Brussels citizen now, as a Brusseler? Because as we've seen in the last 18 months, couple of years, Flanders is changing and Brussels is changing, but they're not changing in the same way. No. Well, the weird thing, I consider Brussels as, a, as even conservative as Flanders. 
how the government of, of Brussels is it's, it's, it's treating their people, their citizens, it's, 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 doesn't, it's still very patronizing. I don't feel like Brussels considers themselves as a, as a big city or as a metropolitan, doesn't mm. consider themselves as a, 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 a pioneer or something. If you see how they, like, like, uh, uh, Le Piétonnier, eh? so the walking, uh, the pedestrian zone in the city center, they still consider, they don't see it as something futuristic, they should see it as something commercial. Yeah, It's a really, almost an 80s way of thinking. If, if you know, mini Europe is gonna, eh, it's gonna vanish, for one thing, a shopping mall. Mm -hmm. a sho it's like... I know. It's like we're still living in, in, in some kind of a tree candle or 16 candles movie, like a John Hughes yeah. universe still. Malls, malls, malls. So, you know, politics now is about identity. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about, not yeah. giving up territory. And identity is the next territory. It's an individual territory. And I don't... I'm not down with the whole, I'm, a, I'm, I'm from Brussels, I'm somebody special. I'm... <laughs> No, because I don't. I'm just an individual. Yeah, I'm here because of my reasons, and I want to be treated like a human being. And in a way, also, my, that's my comedian com comedian side of it. If the enemy is clear, and in Flanders, you know, people like us, comedians or, or, or people who make theater or make books, we're not on the good side of the government. So that's clear. You know, mm -hmm. that's I know who. I can punch up. <laughs> I can make satire and... You know who to throw the tomatoes at. Exactly. So that's clear. My tomatoes are lazy. You know, I want to do some other stuff. So, and in Brussels, I get a, get a bit cringy of this, hey, we're down with you. We're also hip. No, you're not. You're still old guys in an old city hall making up old ideas and putting a spin on it to be young and trendy no you're mm -hmm. just as bad as Flanders but you don't realize it you know Flanders is to it's, 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 it's honest they say well we like our her our heritage we love where we come from Brussels is like no no we're the future but we don't want to change we just want to stay the same like really futuristic so I get annoyed with Brussels, mm -hmm. and because I live here, I, I may get annoyed with Brussels. <laughs> That's my prerogative. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm baptized as a Christian, so I can criticize the Catholic Church because I'm a member. Yeah. I pay my dues. <laughs> um, you said that, you know, you sometimes you feel like you live in a city that, doesn't, that makes you feel inhuman or treats you inhumanly. Um, I know you're a big podcast listener, and I know you take to the streets to listen to your podcasts. Does that take you to places that do you, do you tend to go towards places that make you feel more human, make you give you that kind of personal connection? Oh, it it, it, no, it varies because sometimes if I'm into a, in, if I uh, have a, a true crime period, I just want to listen to <laughs> people talking about dead bodies. Yeah, I, I take a different round. I, uh, I go to really high rises and and, and empty streets because I get this kind of. 4D experience. I listen about dead people and, and, and bodies being found, and then I look around looking for bodies. So <laughs> I get the whole the total package. Yeah. But if I listen to politics, 
then I go, uh, I go more uh, to uh, Plus Luxembourg. I go to the European mm. Parliament. Now inside, I can't get outside, of, of course. But then I like to, I like to mix what I hear with what I see. Yep. Uh, and and when I listen to comedians, I, I listen to a lot of comedians yep. uh, uh, analyzing their own jokes. I love comedians <laughs> analyzing their own jokes. Very inside baseball. <laughs> Very, yeah, like, like uh, you know why I said that joke? Because <laughs> I mentioned... No, because it's funny. Yeah. But I like people who think, who talk an hour about something, like about bullshit. I like bullshit. Bullshitters. Every podcast should be bullshit. Okay. Thank you for inviting me. I'll, by I'll the way, take that. Podcast. I'll take that advice. Podcasts help me for different reasons. I have a headphones on, so people don't bother me. Mm-hmm. It's clear. I have a clear signal to the world. Don't bother me. And also, you know, it provides a filter to see the city around me. Yeah. And especially if I, uh, it makes me. You know, we talked about advertising and billboards. It makes me more aware of what I see because I listen and I look around and I see what is now communicating visually yeah. because I hear something else. What is now, eh, I don't hear the horns, I don't hear the sirens, I don't hear the people yelling, I don't hear the traffic, but I see what is community communicated with me now as a citizen. Mm-hmm. And then I get inspired by that. And so... During my walking and listening to podcast, I take a lot of photos because yeah. because of photos, because I just have the visual impulses, I get more aware of what I'm seeing. Yep. So I, I just want to say to people who are listening to podcasts already, because they're listening to this, just go outside and walk, walk, walk and look and, and, and just see the world in a different light yeah. like the situationists yeah like they get lost the derive and they they retell the story of the city and yeah so um i'm really happy that i rediscovered podcasts yeah and what does that rediscovering what have you found on those trips then like is it the same things that we've just been talking about now or have you come to any kind of greater because i know you once said that brussels is a place that you still don't get even 20 years after living here do those walks kind of help you to discover parts of the city that maybe might you might not normally go to that are maybe feel like they're closed off? Yeah, for one yeah, reason yeah, or yeah. another. Yeah, so, yeah, so it sometimes feels like Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Nobody's walking here, and especially around the frontiers of Belgium. So sometimes yeah. I have to go to the uh, to to some production houses, and they're never inside no. Brussels themselves. They're also Zaventem, Vilvoorde, stuff like that. So they're a bit outside. So I have a walk outside of Brussels, and then uh, the pavement just stops. Yeah, it, it makes me feel. I, I once took a trip to Mexico. Mm-hmm. So and we crossed the border. Eh? We came from uh, from LA and we crossed the border, uh, and then all of a sudden, no pavement anymore, no asphalt anymore, just muddy roads. And sometimes it feels like this, like. You're not supposed to walk here. <laughs> there are no sidewalks yeah, here. This They're place wasn't big, made for you. Yeah, big stores. Yeah. So sometimes I have to walk into the sewers, just into the gutter, just to get somewhere, and people just honk like you're, you're lost yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. So that's one thing. Like I, I like to get to go to places where I'm not supposed to be, but also empty places. That's something that really still struck 
a feeling with me were so many people inside inside Brussels. Yeah. Where were so many people and then you discover an empty street. And like, where is everybody? And then one street further out, yeah. here's everybody. <laughs> and because of that inspiration, yeah, one a, a couple of books ago yeah. called Jungle. I was fascinated by the idea of game logic into the reality. Like okay. you can you can have cheat codes in reality. Eh? If you press some cheat codes, you can jump so much higher. Yeah. But also, I like the idea of invisible walls. Sometimes in a game, you have an invisible wall, or it's not rendered yet. Yeah. And so the you've idea reached the limit of. Yeah. Yeah. Eh? You come to places that weren't supposed to go as a gamer. So, so sometimes I um, in the uh, in the book, I talked about impossible houses. Okay. Like Brussels wasn't rendered completely, <laughs> so they end up in. They end up somewhere getting lost, like the situationist, and suddenly yeah. they they end up in a house that cannot be an okay. impossible house. And that's also something I learned through walking. Like sometimes you get into a zone and you think this isn't real. There's no trash. Mm-hmm. So where is everybody? There are no cars. There's no advertising. So sometimes it feels like this street has just been made up. And that's something that inspires me. Oh, cool. Um, I mean, you've worked your entire adult life here in the, in the cultural sector. You graduated from, from Ritz. You've worked with the Kai Studios. You've worked with everybody. Um, how important is that milieu for you? Like, you have a lot of friends who work there. You do a lot of collaborations. How important no. is that for you in your, in your work? Well, I studied here, but a lot of people of who I studied with moved out, mm-hmm. moved out of Brussels. Uh, well, I, I came to realize very soon, and first you have to offer something. My books are just big business cards in a way. <laughs> so I offer something, and then you get somebody who wants to make a movie with you because of the books, not because of me, but because of the books. Or yeah. somebody hey, wants to make a, a play with me because of a book. So I consider my books as something to uh, to get to know somebody. But I don't frequent... You know, my books are enough yep. to get to know people. I don't need to go to parties or I don't like also the incestuous relationship <laughs> we have with each other. I need to work. Yeah. I'm a workaholic. I don't have a I don't have the time or the energy to be social. And that's a problem I know. And you know, as a comedian also, yeah. I'm outside. I have these two identities. So my next show, yeah. uh, uh, Cultural Says No, is about these two identities. The identity of you know, being a... a uh, I'm an arty-farty, uh, uh, po- political correctness snowflake, mm-hmm. in a way. That's my identity. I'm a snowflake. <laughs> Right-wing media sees me as a snowflake. Yeah. So I have to have these uh, opinions because I'm a snowflake. But then I'm also a comedian. I like being provocative. Yeah. I like to annoy people. But being in the cultural sector, you're not supposed to annoy people. <laughs> you, you, you're supposed to be the, you know, the the most gentle, proactive, caring, tolerant person. I'm not tolerant. Okay. I'm a comedian. How can I make <laughs> jokes about being tolerant? Yeah. I hate a lot of people. And these, the clash of those two identities, that's something that inspires me and also is the, you know, the theme of the next show. Yeah. 
and and now I'm working on that. Okay. How to combine being a snowflake and a snowflake hater. Mm-hmm. And is that show all ready to go yet, or are you still trying to I'm still square that on. circle? I'm now, I'm now <laughs> deep, deep inside Q Annan, mm-hmm. stuff like okay. that. Okay, that's I'm, pretty deep. I'm really deep. So I'm, 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 you know, I'm always interested about the weirdness. Yeah. And right, the right, extreme right, the alt right, they have some weird ideas. Mm-hmm. So why can't we have the weird ideas? You know, we're supposed to be the the creative ones. Yeah. But these guys. You know, I, I, I saw videos of, of, of white guys with their shirts off drinking milk because they believe that black people are lactose intolerant. Right. And that soy milk makes you gay. Yes, well, I know I know the soy, soy boy epithet. The soy so. Bo- so I'm like, these images of people just drinking milk like badasses. I'm like, that's great. We need stuff like that also. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm you know researching that stuff uh, we're getting close to the end it's been a really interesting oh. chat um, is there anything else you want to this is the opportunity we usually give guests to plug whatever they've got going on I mean we talked oh. about cultural so we're not going to talk about beer well we can talk about beer what do you enjoy what do you li- I mean um, let's I like be, the let's hypocrisy be honest. of beer let's be honest with the listeners um, it's 11am on a Wednesday morning mm. I'm drinking a creek I'm already drunk <laughs> he's having a coffee the reason I took a creek is because Café Bellevue, for those who are not listening, is the original café of the Bellevue Brewery, which is Belgium's largest Curzon Creek brewery. So it's always nice to to drink. Nice. I don't know if you didn't know if you if you knew that. That's why that's why the place is surrounded by all of the all well, of the not and kitchen. No, they're not subtle about it. <laughs> uh, what about the hypocrisy of beer? Well, I like now. Well, like I'm <laughs> I'm intrigued now how beer is trying to promote themselves as kind of a sports drink. Mm-hmm. That's something, you know, I was walking at the canal and all, all of a sudden I saw this, uh, this, this graffiti on the, on, the, on the pavement, like, uh, having a good run, why not take a beer? Like this idea that <laughs> if you're a jogger, if you're a sportsman, you need a beer. And now they're, they're also trying to promote beer as a diet option. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how desperate... Is the beer industry Dairy. to go that way? You know, beer has some issues. You know, mm-hmm. the hypocrisy of Brussels with beer. You know, we have a lot of homeless people drunk with cheap beer, mm-hmm. and we promote ourselves as the beer capital. But you can't have beer, sir. So, <laughs> so we have these night shops with the beers for you and the beers for them. Yeah, so like tourists come to my grand selection of beers but no 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 don't drink it outside so 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 the hypocrisy <laughs> of beer with brussels is amazing and now especially that idea like oh you have this uh, uh, uh this beer in dutch it's called uh, brugse zot mm-hmm. and now uh, and now you have sports salt sport like it's beer who the hell is running around with their in their water bottle some beer um i had a good run now i'm gonna drink some some bloody lager yeah. So at least wine is honest. You <laughs> n- you drink wine to sit down and to get drunk. Yeah. So that's that's my uh, main issue with beer. Um, you might find this a little bit cutesy and a little bit twee, so forgive me. Uh, but normally we do a rapid fire round at the end. 
um, binary questions. I tell you, I ask you a question, you give me the first answer that comes into your head. Okay. It's all Brussels related. This is a Brussels based okay. podcast. So indulge. Uh, what's your favorite Brussels neighborhood? Um, uh, park Park. Park Park. Well, the, you know, Central Park <laughs> in, in Brussels because that's where the gay community, you know, in, you know, that's where the gays come together okay. at night and they have, and, and, Next to the the royal palace, I like that's for me the definition <laughs> of Brussels, gay stuff <laughs> with the king watching. I think I probably know the answer to this one: uh, Place du Chatelain or Place de Bal. I don't know the first one. You don't know Chatelain? Oh, you're lucky, so. No. <laughs> that's where all the uh, what the French would call the bobos hang out. Ah, well, I like the Phoenix bobos. Then. Well, there you go. I, I don't like the Jew de Bo. I, I hate these people. Just get your crap out of my. <laughs> that, that's also the con- if we talk about conservative mindset. That's the conservative. We don't want a parking over there. We just want to because our crap. We need our crap there. Oh. Anderlecht. I'm getting depressed by this podcast. <laughs> yeah, know, but really, we were yeah. supposed to talk about the things yeah. that made you feel good about no, Brussels. But we've, fire we've round is, it's, it's making it's, you feel it's, depressed. It's torturous. Yeah. All right, next one. A couple of more. Union or Anderlecht? No, Union. Yeah, Union, of yeah. course, because, you know, they. if you ever been to that stadium, to <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's like, a, it's like a hobby getting out ahead. It's like this park, and then, oh, there's a professional football team over here. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, because I once went with my son to a game, Anderlecht, mm-hmm. uh, Union, Union won. Yeah. And they were not bitchy about it. <laughs> I don't like bitchy teams. <laughs> okay, last one. Uh, two, two more. Um, do you prefer pills or cures? Well, pills. Yeah. Pills. But I, I consider beer, drinking beer as a, my body... It's like a job. My my body has to work to digest beer with the like you did a couple of times at the podcast. You had to uh, put your face away and, and do the burps and stuff like that. You know, that's not normal. You know, I don't need to drink stuff and go. There's something inherently wrong with beer. I'm gonna say this on this podcast. Beer. It's the worst thing that ever was invented by human beings. Okay. Hey, don't put away your question. No, no, no. I think on that note, I think we should finish. It's Satan's brew. <laughs> Beer is something that should be prohibited. Not because of religious readers, but because of the burps. Okay. Well, then, so what you need to drink is sparkling, sparkling free beer then. A little bit of champagne in the morning. Next time, we'll sit down and have a flat lambic and we'll... Uh, some fruity cocktail. Yeah. Okay. On that note, Yost, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on Likewise. the show. No problem. And that's all for today's episode of the Brussels Beer City podcast. Thanks again to my wonderful guest, to all my listeners, and a special shout out as usual to the excellent illustrators I've worked with on this season of the Brussels Beer City podcast. Julian Kremer, aka Crump, for the podcast logo and to Helinda DeMarl for this season's wonderful episode artwork. Check them out on Instagram. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do consider leaving a rating and a review. If you want to get in touch, you can email me at owen at beercity.brussels or you can find out more information about me and the podcast at www.beercity.brussels podcast. But until the next time, thanks for listening.